Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for Papa. Hallelujah. So we're getting ready to enter into our first session. Hallelujah. And we have a very awesome resource person with a very rich profile. Hallelujah. He's a lecturer. He's an international development and management consultant. He's a married man with three children. He fellowships with the Tamajoin Church. And he's also a live member of the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. And their main speaker is also the chairman of the Tema Joint Church Evangelism and Discipleship Ministry. He's also a member of the Tema Joint Church Elders Council. He's also a lay preacher and interdenominational main speaker. He has over two decades, that's 20 years, of national and international experience in international trade, business leadership, project design and management, agricultural value chains, impact investing, inclusive business modeling, business finance, technology, and marketing. He's worked in over 15 countries in West, East, and Southern Africa. Why am I reading all? So you receive him well. So you open your spirit so we can be impacted. He's also the founder and CEO of ESR Africa, which is leading the development of the capacity of the next generation of young agribusiness leaders in Africa through peer learning, training, coaching, business modeling, access to finance, marketing, knowledge, and technology transfer. Above all, he is currently direct, Director of Business and Corporate Strategy of Sandalos Advanced Leadership Training, Salt for Short Institute, a world-class Christian-based transformational leadership research and training institute dedicated to the development of transformational leadership for Africa and the global community. He is an, his work with the International Trade Center, the Palladium Group International in Europe, SNV Netherlands, in East and Southern Africa. He has a BSc in Economics and International Relations, an MBA in International Business, an MSc in Economics and Finance, and he has a doctorate degree in Business Administration. For the standing ovation, please help me welcome Dr. Ruben Mauli Kofi. The Lord bless you, sir. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Uh, with your kind permission, because I'm standing quite far from you, I will, I will uh, so that you also know and see the face behind the mask. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't imagine how good I am feeling this morning. I'm feeling very good. And I want you to feel the same. You will soon understand why I'm feeling good. Uh, uh, my daughter, the first daughter, is 21 years exactly today. And thank you very much. And as a family tradition, we'll gather in the study and then we'll, we'll pray for the person celebrating, anoint the fellow, and then 
say a few words. And then when it came to my turn, this is what I said. I'm going to speak at the Adonai International Church. And I want to tell you, my family, that this means so much to me. They know I've spoken all over the place. And why I am emphasizing this, they wanted me to explain. So I will explain it to you as well. You see, you don't get this chance in life unless it is destined by God. It doesn't happen. I was in secondary school. I left secondary school in the early 80s. And I don't live in Tema. In fact, I remember when I entered Legon, everybody used to call me Forest Product because I come from the village. Very, very deep in the village. But when we have long vacation, I had an uncle in Tema. And I would come to visit him for the holidays. Now, because of my strong SU and Church of Pentecost background, wherever I am, I want to fellowship. So I have some friends in Community 7. They're very strong Christians. And they know my stand. They know that I don't want to be idle when I should be doing something in the business of God. Then they took me to Tema Christian Fellowship. Now, the person that inspired me from that day up to today is Bishop Richard Ayabede. You see, he didn't know this until recently. And that is why I say, if God destined things to happen, they will happen in your lifetime. They will not happen when you are. They will happen because I've always been looking for how do I connect to that fellow. One day I went to that fellowship and he blew me away with his zeal, his charisma, his enthusiasm, his affection for the Lord and his conviction. He talked about this morning about we have to be strong in our conviction and faith. This is not today. He said this thing in the early 80s. And he was firm. I said, wow. So we are joking there in the village. And each day, each time there is a Christian. For some of you, you should just go and research and find out how the Tema Christian Fellowship took this city and ask for who were the key people. If you don't find his name, you are acting the wrong person. Now, we will go to evangelism. And if we have our pocket money, we will take the car from Tema Station those days and preach in the bus. And then when we get to Tema, we get down, we go to the Tema Christian Fellowship meeting. And when you go, the only person I'm looking for to see is him. Because once I see him, there's a connection, there's a spiritual connection. I feel this man is delivering something that I want to, I want to be there when he does it. of that fellowship, I met some very great friends. One is a professor Japan who has become more like a, a brother to me. We've done so many things. Of course, then after Form 5, I went to 6th Form, spent about nine months in Legon, and then I went abroad. And then my life between Ghana and me was like this. Intermittent until 2014, when I fully relocated to Ghana. 
Then when I relocated, I told Professor Japan that we have to look for Bishop Richard because I know his church is somewhere in the community. I don't know how I could get him, but one day I have to tell him that he impacted my life as a young secondary school boy just come to know the Lord. And I want to assure him that the Lord has not finished with me yet. So, Professor Japon said, one day, let's come his church and surprise him. He knows Professor Japon. Let's, let's come his church and surprise him. I said, yes, that's a good idea. But as divine destiny will have it, Professor Japon is now the vice chancellor for University of Health and Analysis in Miho. So, he doesn't get to come to Tema often. But their plan was there. And then, out of the blue, my elder brother received an invitation that he should come and speak at the conference. And then my elder brother said, no, he and not speak, I will be in a better position to speak than him. So, the conference took place and then I met Bishop. After close to four decades, you would think that it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, before everybody here, I want to salute you. Let heaven witness that you impacted my life as a young Christian in that fellowship. Every vacation, I'm looking forward to it. And each vacation, when I come, you are there. Your commitment, your faithfulness, your zeal alone infected me. And the virus has not gone away. God bless you. So, if you don't think that he has impacted anybody, at least you have a living testimony. So, I'm here. Philly, Philly. You can see it. And as you can see, the zeal is not gone. I catch it from that time up to today. Hallelujah. So, a lot has happened in my life. I'm not here to share my life testimony. So, if you want to hear my life testimony and connect it to some of the work that he has done, then you appreciate God. But I want to assure you that whatever you are doing in the business of God now, somebody is going to be impacted. Somebody. Don't, don't do, you see, the Bible is very clear. God is a rewarder of those who diligently. Check out the dictionary definition of diligent. And you will see that it's not wishy-washy. No. It's not wishy You have to be diligent. And the diligent these people offered to this city at that time. And most people who came through that, the Christian fellowship of them, some of them are full-time ministers. <laughs> I call myself an interdenominational minister because I'm speaking in all kinds of places. I've spoken in full gospel businessmen fellowship international chapter across the country. I flew to Tamale all by myself, brown half all by myself. When I lived in Uganda, I was carrying the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship on my shoulders. I met all the key people that I need to know. In Kenya, in Zambia, in Zimbabwe, in Mozambique. Everybody, once I step on the soil, I say, God, exactly why did you bring me into this country? I am not getting out of the flight until you tell me. And then he will say, okay, when you get down, go to see this person. Go to see this person. Before long, a ministry has started. 
very professionals, Christian, lunchtime, Wednesday meeting that we started in Uganda has grown beyond my imagination. Every Wednesday, you bring your lunch. We eat it together and we pray. One hour. Wherever you are, don't go and eat somewhere. Come there. And they do so. So, Bishop, your seed has yielded fruits. Yeah. So, um, whilst they are struggling with the technology, we have the, we have the analog. We have the analog, so I'll be dealing with the analog where the technology people uh, deal with it. Uh, this morning, we want to look at something that is very crucial, very important. And I want you to allow your mind to have kind of a shift. You see, sometimes we hold on to preconceived notions and that becomes a barrier in God transforming us. If God wants to do something, you have to open up an entrance so for that to enter you. And then you will see the transformation. So I want you to abandon your preconceived notions. What I'm going to be talking about this morning, you may have heard some before. But I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to convict you so that you internalize it. That is how the word of God works. The grammar word of God works when you open up yourself, allow it, and run with it. Shall we pray? Our Lord and our Master, you are an awesome, awesome, awesome manager and director. You make all things beautiful in its own time. Today, I declare that of a truth you are God. Your faithfulness is true. Even after many, 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 many decades, this connection was never broken. Today, we testify that you are a good God. Today, we testify that you are faithful. Today, we testify that your yes is yes and your amen is amen. Today, we come before you in all humility. As we gather, we gather unto you. Father, you have raised some teachers, you have raised some evangelists, you have raised some apostles, you have raised some prophets, that they may equip the saints for good works. I believe that that is our purpose today, that we will equip the saints for good works. Release that unction upon us. The spirit of teaching and the spirit of reception. Release it power of the Holy Spirit. Dismantle all preconceived notions and assumptions. Dismantle all strongholds. And release the angelic host to minister unto us that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding will come upon us. Take our thoughts captive for your own glory. Use me only as a vessel to deliver unto your people a special charge in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. We are sorry the technology is still uh, struggling, but I'll, I'll, I'll continue. I'll continue, and I know that um, God is good. God is good. Uh, in the days of old, there was no technology. But people of old thought. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll keep going back to those days. They didn't have technology. They didn't have phones. There's, I mean, the telephone is the one that, if you are lucky, you have at home. I don't know how we manage life. Yeah, the one that you, no, you do, the, I, I came to me the one you do like this. You do like this. When you miss the number, you have to start again. <laughs> uh, that was the time that when you want to block people, it's very easy. You just put the, 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 the handset. You just put it down. The person will call it to knock up. Very easy to block people. Hallelujah. So leadership in a church is one of the biggest challenges of the church. It's one of the challenges the church is facing because without strong leadership, the church really leaves out its redemptive potential. This is a quote. I don't know who said it, but I found it quite compelling. Leadership in a church is one of the biggest challenges that the church is facing because without strong leadership, the church really leaves out its redemptive potential. I have come to believe that whether this works. All right. I think this, this also works. Works. The technology works. So leadership in the church is one of the biggest challenges facing the church. Because without strong leadership, and Bishop defines it as strong conviction of your faith and in your spirit. Uh, these slides will be available. Freely have we received and freely you will get. So the point I was making is that leadership is very, very essential. And because it's essential, we have to... Um, I spend most of my time dealing with leadership. Dealing with leadership. Leadership for business leadership in the church, leadership for public life, and leadership in politics. And this morning, I was just finalizing an article that will be on my blog about what I call the arrested development of Africa as a result of the failure of leadership. And you can check it out and read it. You can go to the next slide. The, there's a circular definition of leadership. The circular definition, Jesus cautions us that we should not be leaders as the Gentiles because they lord it over them. This is what they do. They use authority, influence, and advantage over them. And that is what they call leadership. That is the secular definition of leadership. But let me also be quick to point out that 
the root of the word secular from the Greek secularius is anything that takes its source from secular or without God. Anything that is secular is anything that is what? Without God. And this definition too, you can check it from the dictionary. I'm not making it up. It's without God. The next slide. It's without God. So, if we are to make anything out of leadership <clears throat> for the church, then the last thing we want to do is to borrow the definition of the world. Let's go to the next slide and the next one. So, we have to be very careful anytime we talk about leadership and clearly define what kind of leadership are we talking about. What kind of leadership are we talking about? The notion that when you are in position of authority, you are a leader, is also not true in scripture. Leadership is not about I am the managing director. Of course, that position comes with some responsibilities when if exercised appropriately can make you a leader. There are a lot of people who think they are leaders. But ask them who is following you. You see, if you have, if you think you are a leader and nobody is following you, you are just taking a walk. You are just taking what? A walk. A leader must have people following him or her. Jesus was a leader because at any one time, the 12 disciples, all the way up to 5,000 people plus, are following him. How many people are following you? These days, you can be an influencer on social media. You have to check out how many people are following who. And you see whether they are leading anybody. Recently, we want to have a public lecture and we wanted an influencer to carry our message to his followers. Guess how much the influencer, the influencer had about, about 50,000 followers. So, well, his fee for carrying our message on her on his page is $20,000. So followership has value. There's a very young kid, I think he must be 15 years or so in America. Please don't do this. If I am not if I am boring, raise your hand. I will try to make it active. I'm not a boring speaker. So if you do then I'll feel depressed. Get the energy into yourself. Get the energy into yourself. It is well. The little kid has, I think, is it 15 million followers? And she makes on daily basis approximately uh, $250,000. Young kid. You can check it out on the internet. Why? She has followers. So whatever she puts on the internet, people take it. So she is able to influence people. And because of that influence, people pay her. They don't pay her the advertisement that she does. It's a lot of money. Next slide. Now, but let's move from the circular dimension of leadership and now come to a very important part. 
Um, please, the next slide. Now, this is a book that I would recommend to you. Uh, I'll be going a bit fast so we can cover the slides I have. This book is where I'll pick a lot of my material from. It is called Health, Holiness, and Wholeness for Ministry Leaders. It, was, it is written by John Matthews, Christina Guterres, and Ross Peterson. And they point to a different paradigm of strength in church leadership. When I read this book, I did not know that I'll be speaking here today. You have to understand that everything God that he planned them, he orchestrated them. Somebody just sent me the link to read this book. And the link was not available until I bought it on Kindle, downloaded it on my iPad, and then I read it. That must be a couple of years ago. I, I picked some notes from it, but that was it. I did not give it much attention. There are too many leadership books around me that I read. Then I got this very important invitation to come and speak here this morning. Then I said, God, what do you want us to focus on? What do you want to drive our reflection on leadership? Then immediately, the Holy Spirit pointed me to this book. So I went back to my Kindle, and then all the things that were flying in my head were there. So some of it I want to share with you this morning. Let's go to the next slide. Now, leaders first and foremost are servants first. Leaders first and foremost are servants first. I just got, uh, I was elected to join the elders uh, of the Council of Elders of the Temajuan Church where I fellowship. And just last week, you know, we have what is similar to a conclave. The Council of Elders will meet and then they will elect one of them as the presiding elder. We call it the chairman of the council. So I was elected as the chairman of the council. My induction is tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. You know, the, 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 the first thing that dropped in my mind is, God, how do you want me to serve your church? That's the first thing. Now, because Jesus taught his disciples not to emulate the rulers of the Gentiles or the secular. He taught them that. He taught them that the rulers of the world, they exercise authority over their followers. But instead, he taught them that in order for us to be true leaders, we must become servant first. So that's the first thing I want us to have on our mind. But we are looking this morning at not just any leader. Next slide. But a strong leader. A strong leader. The word here is strength. You know, when, I, when you look at the word strong, your first reaction will be, it's a bit aggressive. Does that occur to you? Strength, strong. It's a bit aggressive. But what really, really dropped into Bishop's mind is that you must have strength. Now, 
what the strength look like in church leadership? What the strength? Not the kind of strength of the Gentiles. They lord it over them. When they speak, nobody speaks. They influence them, they intimidate them, they exercise authority over them. We, by the power of the Holy Spirit, have delegated authority. We exercise every authority we have on behalf of our Lord and Master Jesus. Let's go to the next slide and read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says that, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you do not handle the word of truth as a leader, you will steer your followers into waters that are very, very risky and dangerous. And the only way you can do that is to have strength in your ministry. I will go back to what Bishop said about strength, about being strong in your conviction, being strong in your faith. I was telling the new eldership of the church yesterday at a short prayer meeting that, look, for anybody to grow in the Lord, for anybody to grow in the faith, it is knowledge, it is worship, it is service. Knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge of the incontrovertible and failing word of God. If you don't spend time enough to know the word of God, you cannot be a strong leader. Knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge of the purposes of God. Knowledge of the plans of God. Knowledge of the mind of God. Knowledge. Second, worship. Worship here includes prayer and fellowship. Prayer and fellowship. The third one is service. What I call the three T's. For every believer to grow, you must place at the disposal of God your talent, your time, and your treasure. Three T's. If you want to grow in the Lord, it is knowledge, it is worship, it is what? Service. And service is simple. Place your three T's at the disposal of God. Your three T's. Your time, your treasure, and your talent. To the extent that, even though professionally I am extremely busy, and I have a tall to-do list, when I get the opportunity to serve in the business of God, it jumps to the top of the list. Immediately. And because of that, God has consistently been faithful to me. Because, you see, when the things of God concern you and bother you and take your time, he will take care of your time. Some of us think that we don't have time. You need to give us two weeks notice before we come we show up for a Christian fellowship meeting. Fine. God too is busy. So when we are praying, the prayer is not coming. You see, prioritize the things of God and God will make your needs his want. Prioritize it. So, these three things I don't want to lose on your mind because as true strong leaders, 
you must bring yourself to the position of constantly growing and use that to inspire people who follow you. So, so Paul wrote this to young Timothy. And you know, uh, Timothy is a very young person and I like him very much. Uh, I like his ministry. I like him because he's young and he brought his youthful exuberance into the church. The zeal, you know, the, the charisma, the energy. The next slide. So, let me share with you 12 key areas of strength that you need to focus on to grow yourself as a strong leader. The first one is that strength is knowing whatever the outcome of any situation, you will be okay. That's the first one. You see, when you attribute the highest motive to people, it increases a hundredfold your ability to live and work with them. The world call is keep an open mind. But what it actually means is that you come into contact with people with an attitude of a motive that expects the best outcome. When you already have a negative outcome in your mind, getting a positive result is a problem. Because already you have conditioned your mind that not too sure something good will come out of this. And so then you begin to maneuver how to manipulate them. Because the outcome does not please you. Take your time to read the entire of Romans 8 and see life through Christ revealed by the apostle to the church in Rome. He was very specific and you will see that when we, when we bring that into our relationship to the people we, we lead, the source of this can bring peace and ultimately spiritual advantage. So strength, number one, is knowing that whatever the outcome of the situation, it will be okay. It will be okay. Don't be prejudiced. Don't already come that as for this person, this is how the fellow is. And nothing works. No. Believe that in all things. In all things. Not in some things. Not in some things. You see, when the Bible says that all things work for good, it means that you have a mindset of expecting good from all things. It means that you have a mindset that it will be good. When your mindset is that this may be good, it may be good. But it will be good. You see, at the start of this pandemic, most people were so disappointed and discouraged. But when I read Psalm 91, Scripture says that he would take away the noisy pestilence. So, Word of God cannot fail. It cannot be broken. He said he will guard jealously his word to perform it. So God, this pestilence is noisy. It's noisy. TV, 
radio, posted, everywhere. But me, me, I'm your child. And I claim that position of a child. Children don't go to their parents thinking that uh, they will not get what they want. The next one, strength is acting out of kindness and love. The next slide. You know, we cannot see everything here. I'm sorry, it's a bit small, but hopefully uh, when, you, when you go to the slides on your own, where kindness abounds in any relationship, that relationship can withstand an enormous amount of stress. Strength is acting out of love and kindness. You see, I was telling a group of people on Thursday that we live in a world where somebody sees you even for the first time, he doesn't like you. You have not even started talking to the fellow. He doesn't even know your name. Just by your looks, your appearance, he doesn't like you. There are people who, just by your voice, your voice doesn't sound nice. And you have people are like that even in your followership. So they say, oh, but say, it's very difficult to love and be kind to some people. I said, it is not if they love you or like you. That's not how scripture says. You should love at all times. You see, that is how you overcome any obstacles in your leadership. You see, Bible says that when a man's ways pleases God, even his enemies will be at peace with him. So when I got married, we'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. We just celebrated the 24th one. I told my wife that I'm not going to try to please you. Now, I saw his face, her face like, ah, you are not going to please me. Then who are you going to please? And I said, you see, you are human. Pleasing you will be a very difficult thing. I am going to try to please God. In all I do with you, I will try to please God. Because when a man's ways pleases God, even his wife will be at peace with him. Even his, her husband will be at peace with her. So love, show kindness. That is strength. You might think it is weakness. No, it is strength. When you love people unconditionally and they can see that you love them, you say, ah, but this guy, I don't even like him. Yes, you don't like me, but I love you. I told one very difficult person, you know, I owe you nothing except love. And he look at me and say, what? Say, yes, I don't owe you anything, but I owe you love, deep love within me. I love you because Jesus loves you and he could lay down his life for you. So I will give you nothing less than love. He came back and said, I've never heard anybody spoken so much like that with conviction. I said, yes, I love you. Brother, I love you. It is not conditional. Whether you dislike me for coming here and talking loud or not, I love you. You are, you, you are bought for a price that I cannot pay. And you and me, we are called children of God. So you are my sibling. As a sibling, we can have disagreements, but I will love you the same. Have you ever hated your sibling because you have disagreements? How, do, how much more 
in the family of the most high God. Love the fellow. It's a strength. It's a strength. Uh, I have uh, young adult kids. So yesterday, I was in the study. So I went and said, people, what is going on? Uh, she walks into my room and started to show attitude. And say, but she's your sister. Then she comes. As soon as your sister, she rem he remembers that after all, we are siblings. And then everything calmed down. Brother, we are siblings. We are siblings. Some of the difficult people in your followership, just tell them, we are siblings. I may be the elder brother, I may be the younger brother, but we are siblings. So that's why Jesus said, if you have any confusion among you, deal with it one-on-one. And Apostle Paul went further to admonish that if it gets difficult, call the elders so that you can discuss it. But Jesus said that if somebody is taking you to court, go and hold the person on the road. Address the case before they go to court. The Apostle Paul said that if the fellow refuses, call the elders. Call them, call them, call them, call them. If they will not listen, and it's a brother, treat them as unbelievers. Treat the fellow as an unbeliever. That's a very, very strong statement. Let's go to number three. Strength is always attributing the highest motives to other people, regardless of actions. Sometimes, because of what we see, because the eye processes things faster than the brain, because of what we see, we are likely to say that, no, 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 this person, uh, this person has some very bad plans. That is the moment you begin to lose your ground. Think about it. When you attribute the highest motive to other people, regardless of their action, it is not only a strength to you, but it's a very disempowering force for the other fellow. That is why Joseph told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, so attribute the best motive to people, even when the actions, actions, you say you meant it for evil. Yes, but God meant it for good. Number four, strength is helping others taking the strongest stand they can take for themselves. When I read this thing in the book that I shared with you, I asked myself, how do you help people to take the strongest stand they have on an issue? Then I realized that, you see, when you have people in your team, when you have people in your team, there is bound to be conflicts. There is bound to be conflict. Now, how does conflict arise? If you go to the book of James, it says conflict arises out of envy, out of a desire to be the best, and, and all of that. Now, in a typical team, the conflict arises as a result of everybody having an entrenched opinion that they don't want to change. In a typical team. Now, so the strength here is that you allow that person to have his or her position. Don't try to take that position away from the person. What often happens is that the fellow will remain his or her ground and not batch. And the conflict will continue. But get the fellow to stand on his grounds. 
This is your ground, this is my ground. Now, conviction comes from allowing the person to be his or herself, rather than to be like you. The moment you say, you must be like me, then they feel that you are trying to manipulate them. And anybody who feels that you are manipulating them will be coming but not following you. Even in our political space, you know this. A lot of people thought that they are being followed, but nobody is following them. Because a lot of people think that they are just manipulating them. So, strength is helping others to take the strongest stand they can for themselves. For themselves. Number five. Number five. Strength is being open, direct, and transparent. A strong leader is an open person. He has no hidden agenda. He has no ulterior movement. There's nothing behind the mind. He's not beating about the bush. He's not trying to make things up. He's not trying to say A and doing B. The scripture teaches us to be truthful. But in leadership, it means, you see, I'm saying things that you can do. Not things that you can conceptualize. Things that you can do. And that's why I like that book. It makes it so practical, real. You can do it. Strength is being open and direct. So, not, see, the moment you are beating about the bush, they are trying to read into the... What is he trying to do? Why is he trying to... What, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is going on here? You see, when you are misleading people with going around, they know. They know. They know that this one is a gimmick. They know. But when they see that no, you are sincere, you are transparent, you are direct. You know, um, uh, my very platinum brother read my CV, and brother, thank you. You read my CV so long, uh, but glory be to God. I used to work for the Dutch government. Thank you. I used to work for the Dutch government in Uganda. I was an economic development advisor. And the Dutch they are very rude, but they, they, they term it that they are very direct. They, I don't know how they even recruit some of them as diplomats. Because he comes to you, he just talks to you like that. He doesn't have any courtesies. And initially, it was a cultural shock. When I would go to the head office in The Hague, the guy comes to you, hey, you are welcome, here is your bicycle. But you can't even polish the things more. Over time, I realized that I trusted them. Whatever he says is whatever he meant. There's nothing else hiding behind his mind. Whatever he says is whatever he meant. So if he says something unpalatable, he meant it to be unpalatable. Now, I've also worked for the British. The difference is clear. In fact, you have to decode everything the British person says. Look, you have to decode each time your boss is a British and he speaks to you, go back and write it and begin to decode one by one if you are to survive in your job. So, you can't follow them. It's difficult to trust the fellow because you know what he says, you know what he meant. But with the dash, it's what he meant. 
Take it. Go to the bank with it. But the British, oh, oh, oh. and I dare say that some Africans are like that. When he says, look up, look down. Because exactly what he wants to point to is down. But he said, oh dear, yes, no. Don't do it. But you see, you build trust through direct and transparent relationship. Once people trust you, leadership comes naturally. They know that they can trust you. They know that your word is your bond. They know that whatever you say is what you will do. They know that you will not say A and do B. They can trust you. Trusting you means that you are direct, you are open, and you are transparent. There is nothing to hide. Throughout my life, I've learned that to be transparent and direct is so helpful. You see, when I end two cities, my wife knows it's two cities. Nothing to hide. What am I going to hide? When I spend 50 pesos, she knows. In fact, even the children know. To the extent that they can tell when I'm broke. Isn't that helpful? When the person knows you are broke, are they going to bring any request to you? In fact, they will be looking for ways to fill the, to fill the gap. My wife will be looking for me to fill the gap because, you know, at that time, I'm broke. I bought fuel. I told her I bought fuel 200 cities. There are 1,000 cities. This is how I use it. Everybody knows. Ask my last girl. She knows. I am a free person when I'm walking. When I'm coming, I, they don't expect that there is something I am hiding. Everything is there. Philly, Philly. You can put your... I even tell the boys, take your pen. You can be writing it down. So that's Papa, but where did this money go? To the, so the accountability that presents is profound. And it gives me the peace of mind. The peace of mind, the Bible says that God will grant you, will blow your mind. See, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It means the peace of mind will blow your mind. Some of us, the peace of mind is not blowing our mind enough. Me, it blows my mind. I sleep when I want to sleep. No inhibition. When I hit the bed, I'm gone. When I want to wake up, I'll wake up. I have nothing to worry about. The sixth one is strength is knowing and honoring your own limitations. The, the sixth one <coughs> is knowing and honoring your own limitations. You see, we all have limitations. Sometimes, as a leader, you always want to prove that you are strong. You can do A, B, C, D. When in actual fact, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You see, I'm, I'm human. I'm unable to do everything. I'm not able to do everything. Thank you, brother. I think this man is now a golden brother. He has graduated. So, brother, what is the name? Golden brother, Frederick. God bless you. Uh, the next time I come here again, make sure you graduate to Diamond Brother. Uh, the way he's going, the guy will get to Diamond before I leave here. It, it, it's very important. Let's relate to people as brothers. Now, strength is knowing and honoring your own limitations. Don't, 
don't, you see, you, you, you can't do it, but you want all the people around you to think that you can do it. Now, this is what it does. The moment they begin to see your failures in action, they don't trust you again. The moment they begin to see, because you can't do it too, and you are not accepting that you cannot do it. So, when you try and you fail, you try and you fail, you try and you fail, uh-oh, can we trust, can we follow this person? So, strength is knowing and honoring your limitations. You see, they wanted me to come and preach to children. And I said, you know what? I can't preach to children. It is not one of my gifts. I have a friend. He can do it. Let me bring him. He can preach to children. Me, I can preach to adults and young people. Remember, I teach university students. In fact, I don't even teach undergraduate. I teach master's degree students and PhD students. I can't teach children. I don't have that skill. He said, oh, oh, you can do it. Oh, you. you see, the fact that I can preach does not mean that I can preach to children. It's a different set of skills. The illustrations, the jokes, and the gift. I don't know how to do it. And so I brought an Anglican priest, and the guy was fantastic. You see, you honor and accept your limitations. As you mean, I went there. And then throughout the period, I bought the children so much so that they go to tell their parents. The teacher today was so boring. And the children, they will tell, they will tell their parents. The, te- the teacher today was so boring. He made jokes that we could not relate to. He sang song with song with a bad voice. You are finished. Honor your own limitations. Knowing what you can do. Weakness is buying into the notion that you have special importance over and above other members of the community. It's a weakness. It's a weakness to think that you have all it takes. You don't have all it takes. You do not have all it takes. You do not. Accept that. Number seven. I'll be done quickly. Number seven. Strength. And this is a very important one. Is taking responsibility. It's taking responsibility. Because very often, we look for scapegoats. When we don't want to accept responsibility. Strength is knowing that you will be okay no matter what. Take responsibility. See, if things go wrong in a team, take responsibility. Now, when you take responsibility when things go wrong, when things go right, who do you attribute it to? Because people are aware that you are paying the price of failure, you should get the reward for success. But when you don't take responsibility, as soon as things go wrong, aha, you call one of the elders. So, can you explain to us what happened? Yes. You were there, right? Huh. Then, the next time you went on an outreach and there was an explosion of the power of the Holy Spirit and there was healing and there was manifestation of the presence of God. Yeah, let's, then the testimony time. And then, and then I led a group. That is you. I led a group. I was, I was the main speaker at the outreach. Meanwhile, you did not even speak. You did not even lift a chair. 
tell me how you can be trusted. They will say, no. This is just manipulating us. As a matter of fact, this particular strength of taking responsibility means that you find the space to give the credit even for the success that you have contributed to, to your followership. Now, when you do that, it's a favor you have given them. They will return it. They will return it. When you do not even need that favor, they will bring it back to you. Take responsibility. Number eight. Number eight. Strength is being patient. Strength is being patient. When something important comes along, be patient. Be patient. Strength is knowing when to take it easy. Take all that comes in its stripes. Weakness is trying to trivialize everything and concentrate so much time and fret over it. Things happen in your ministry, in your assembly, in your congregation. Things will happen. Please bear this in mind. That is not going to be the end of your congregation. That is not going to be the end of your ministry. So be patient. It's one of the virtues that in leadership, when everybody is agitated and confused and irritated, and they find that you are so relaxed. It will be well. It is well. Let's calm down. A friend of mine who is a senior colleague, one day he drove from Accra to my house. I live in Gulf City. And then he said, I want to ask you something. How do you find that even when all of us are kind of edgy and we think that things are going wrong, you, you are so calm. You don't seem perturbed. So I said to myself, time to minister. Hallelujah. Please, I'll be done soon. Don't, 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 don't do so. I'll be done soon. Uh, I said it's tough. We are on eight. We'll be done soon. Don't do so. And please just, just be patient with me. Just be patient with me. It's a virtue. So I told him that I've come to believe that my life is in the hands of God. And he's working everything out for my good. So, whether it goes wrong now or not, why should I worry? When I know the one who holds the future, I know it is in his hands. So, you see, desperation, I want to emphasize this. For most of us, suffering, anxiety, and desperation, desperation is an act of ungodliness. I want to emphasize it. I've had to deal with too many Christian friends. They are desperate and they drive, it drives them into, into, into anxiety and depression. I say, why? It's ungodliness. You are saying that I have control over the situation. That's what you are saying. You are saying that I can fix it myself. You are saying that I am the one that is in charge. No, you are not in charge. There's somebody in charge. There's somebody who is responsible. Place it in his hands. 
Trust him. Have you seen a baby one day old, six months old, one year old being carried in the mother or in the father's arm? Have you seen how they, be, they behave? They relax. They don't know whether the mother is going to make a mistake and she will fall or not. They relax. They relax. When they wash their breast milk, they will cry. They relax. Where the mother puts them, they are there. When they put them in the bed here, they are there. Please be like a baby in God's hands. He will take care of you. Better than a mother will take care of the child. Don't fret. Be patient. Don't, 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 don't be in a hurry. Things go around and then all of a sudden that you are agitated. You are accusing everybody. You are calling everybody. I am not saying that you should not strive for excellence in your teams. It's something that we can talk about another day. But excellence is the character of God. Mediocrity is the character of the evil one. And I can explain that to you in another day. Excellence is the character of God. If you want to see the excellence of God, go out. I'm a hiker. I've climbed all the tallest mountains in Ghana. So I have seen this country from the tallest peak. And I can tell you the splendor of our God is phenomenal. The splendor of the king that we serve is phenomenal. So you matter. And because you matter, be patient. Let him deal with it. He will fix it. He will fix it. If man can fix things, our country would have been fixed. Let's go to number nine. Strength. So I'm defining strength within the context of strong leadership. And I'm saying I took the word strength from strong. Because I want it to be less aggressive to you. And reading that book, I want it to come to as something that you can do on a daily basis. It's not, it's not a concept. It's not theoretical. Strength is being active doing something. Strength is being active. Very hard to read, so don't stretch your eyes. I'll share the slides, and those of you who want to just go through. Strength is being active, doing something. You see, you can, you can actually infect people with your zeal in the ministry. And as I said, many, many years ago in the early 80s, Bishop infected me. I, I could feel the, the passion he has, and I could feel the zeal. And I, you, they were, in fact, those, those people, God bless them, they were very active. It's not today, oh. Today people say, today we don't even have Christian fellowship because by the grace of God, because of the proliferation of the charismatic churches, the Christian fellowships who were those days, the home for those who were baptized in the Holy Spirit to actually manifest and, and demonstrate that God is in charge was the Christian fellowship. The SUs. 
Otherwise, you went to Assemblies of God or you went to Church of Pentecost. That was it, those days. But now, because every corner you have a charismatic Church of Pentecost, that is now, it has somehow uh, diminished their role. But you see, the seed that they sowed is what is yielding this fruit. I believe even the proliferation was the result of the work they did. It didn't just, it didn't just explode from nowhere. There were people that God used as vehicles, as vessels of honor to plant that time, at that time, that seed, and today it is blooming. So strength is being active at doing something. At doing something. Don't linger in unproductive annoyance. Plan to do something. Sit with your team. Plan long enough and do it with the confidence you have. Weakness is endlessly brooding, worrying, and sinking deeper and deeper into passivity. You are not getting anything done. Oh, yesterday, uh, they, they called me and said, the fellow in charge of our property and grounds committee, he's not doing anything, so I should look at how to help him. So I called him and I said, Golden brother, what is going on? It's your job. This project has been lingering for so long. What's the problem? He came with a litany of excuses. So I told him one thing. Excuses are the clutches of the uncommitted. To leave yours at home. Come and let's do it. Just do it. Excuses are the clutches of the uncommitted. If you are a leader who doesn't get things done, your followership will struggle. Your followership will struggle. Let's go to number 10. Let's go to number 10. Let's go to number 10. Number 10 is there is strength in allowing criticism. We call it feedback. But you see, when you invite critique, critique, I like to interrogate everything that we put forward. Everything. And I would like to critique it until I feel confident that it is now time to execute. One of my first bosses was a British lady called Fiona Percy. And we had a team, mostly uh, Ghanaians, and the two of us, I'm, I'm Ghanaian and she was British. Now, when we have a meeting and I'm not there, she will say, unless I come, the meeting will not take place. And the people will be very uh, angry. Now, why? why what, about, why what, is, what is special about me? So one day he told them, one day she told them, that for, for all of you, when we come, once I'm Obruni, I come and I speak, that's it. But that gentleman, when he, when he is here, whatever I say, he will criticize it, he will critique it, he will cut it into pieces, interrogate every aspect of it and it gives me excellence because at the end of the day we get the best out of it but for the rest of you whether we are going wrong or not you just endorse it and everybody say ah allow people to critique you as a leader let them bring the critique listen to the critique don't dismiss them in the critique the wisdom of God is revealed you see Aaron and Moses would have collapsed under the weight of leadership. 
if they had not listened to criticism. I think one of them, the brother-in-law, said, you kill yourself. Why are you doing this to yourself? He would have said, what do you mean? I am the boss. No. Delegate. Give some to some people. And in many, 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 many occasions in scripture, people have had to confront somebody with what you will call criticism. I call it critique. Critique is not the same as criticism. Critique is interrogating the thing to be sure that the spirit of excellence emerges. Number 11. Strength is inviting others to join you. Strength is inviting others to join you. There is strength in numbers. So say to yourself, I am the only one who can do it. It's not only arrogant, it is weakness. To say to yourself, I'm the only one who can do it. It's not only arrogant, it is a weakness. Be strong. Some part of ministry are mundane and let's face it, boring. Invite others. Invite them in those parts and delegate them. You see, I am not a minister. I am not anybody at all. Who am I? Eh? Who am I? That the bishop of this great church will invite me to come and speak to his team. Who am I? But you know, he realizes that at some point, somebody else also needs to come and contribute to what I am doing. It takes nothing away from him. It rather takes strength. You see, in academia, one of the things that gives you strength is that you invite people to collaborate with you on a project. We are developing a project right now. I invited somebody from Kenya. I invited somebody from Nigeria. Now, working together on that is a strength. When you show that to the world, you say you had somebody from Nigeria, you have somebody from Kenya. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. But when me alone, I sit in some corner, they don't think that it is rich enough. So invite others to join you. And finally, I see we are a bit tired. Finally, strength is listening deeply. Strength is listening deeply. Listen deeply. Listen, 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 and listen. You see, if you come into leadership and your mindset is let them hear me, you are already standing on a weak ground. Because very soon they will like to hear you. All initiatives will be gone. All the brilliant ideas God has deposited in everybody's mind will be gone. You will soon become dry because it is only your voice that is heard. Nobody's voice is heard. You are finished. Your ministry has come to a full stop. As they say, you have come to what? A full stop. But when you listen, God uses the voices of others to feed into your reservoir of knowledge 
and put more deposits in it. So at any time, something is coming out. Can you imagine listening only to your own voice every day? You become even boring unto yourself. And that is why it is important that you listen to other people. I love to listen to people who are speaking knowledge. I love to listen to that. Finally, finally, this is very important. Maintain the highest level of confidentiality. Maintain the highest level of, a strong leader has the highest level of confidentiality, particularly in Christian ministry. It's not a very strong position for a leader to be a talkative. So whatever happens in your congregation, have the courage to be confidential about some of the sensitive ones. Keep them to yourself. Pray about them. Pray about them. Be open-minded and let the spirit of life drive you towards others. Remember, the owner of your ministry is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Our collective responsibility is first to the Lord and then to others, to one another. Now, let me leave you with this text. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to what all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to take care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. Look at how the writer put it. Take care first and foremost of, us, of yourself. This is what we have been trying to do this morning. I provided you 12 points of strength of leadership. 12 points. Next week, I'll be teaching a course, a high-level course. It's called Leading with Sense. Uh, it's targeting directors and CEOs, Leading with Sense. How leading with sense. A very, very interesting area. Leading with sense. Not leading with anything, but with sense. So, this is what the Art of Apostles says. Take care of yourself. Apply all the 12 tools we have deployed this morning. And then take care of the flock. Now, when you apply these tools and you take care of the flock, then you are a true overseer of the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I pray that the good Lord will empower you. Will empower you. In this business, there are four things you must strive for. As I close. Strive to equip your team, your congregation. Strive to empower them. 
strive to establish them. Strive to get them engaged. The three E's. Strive to equip them. Strive to empower them. Strive to establish them in the world. Finally, strive to get them engaged. Shall we stand on our feet as we pray? I know you have been sitting, some of us are drowsy. Um, the Saturday, some of us go for all night, Friday all night. So some of us are feeling sleepy and tired. Um, I think I had a list sleep last night because I have to spend the night praying about this day. Uh, you don't get a chance for great, great, great man of God. Elder brother that you have seen long ago and never met again, calling you to come and serve in his house. I had to spend time pray. Say, God, this opportunity comes from you. This commission comes from you. And I'm here. Shared with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. As the strength of leadership. The tools of leadership. Not as the Gentiles have. People of God. I want you to speak to God now just for a moment. Before I pray. Be sincere about it. Anything that the Lord has laid on your heart about what we've just discussed. And ask him, Lord, what should I do next? The word of God will never go and come back void. Didn't speak these things so that it will just become a talk. I did not come here to give a talk. I came here to empower you. I came here to equip you. I came here to establish you. It is not time for you to engage. I came here to empower you. I came here to equip you. I came here to establish you in the word of God. Might and ever loving God. Might or in the power of the spirit of God. Descend on your people now. Let this not be talk. Let this not be a talk. We didn't come here to talk. We came here to empower your people. We came here to equip them. We came here to establish them. We came here, this ministry will explode because of leadership. Leadership that is strong in your sense of strength. A leadership that loves, a leadership that is committed, a leadership that operates with zeal, a leadership that is sensitive to the calling they have on their lives. Might and power of the living God fall afresh on your people. Commission them afresh in this ministry of leadership. The bishops that are here, the elders that are here, the pastors that are here, might and power of the living God I stand before the throne room. I declare that you fall afresh on them. Let the mantle of leadership be renewed on their lives. Father, I launch and deploy a new day of leadership. 
Father, I launch and deploy a new regime of leadership. Strong leadership. Not as the world offers. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you will do. All the golden brothers and sisters say amen.